Historically speaking, sales and marketing have suffered from negative stereotypes, thanks to salespeople using unethical and questionable tactics. And even in today's modern world, you've probably heard of bro marketing, which is considered the use of manipulative marketing tactics that put someone in a vulnerable state and pressure them into making a purchasing decision. Well, for those who want to boost their sales and marketing results and do it the right way without losing sleep at night, this episode is for you. Because in today's episode, we speak with Chris Smith, author of The Conversion Code, a book that provides a step-by-step blueprint from increasing sales in the modern internet-driven era. And as you can tell from my conversation with Chris, he is the person you want to turn to when you want to increase your sales ethically. In this episode, we discuss how Chris developed his career in sales and marketing, what inspired him to write The Conversion Code, and some cool insights from the book that will give you a taste of what you can expect. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. My name is Chris Smith. I'm a very normal person. I'm from a small place. I grew up in the country around, you know, orange groves and cow pastures and chicken farms. And I was just crazy enough to think I could figure out how to get out of there and do something cool in my life. And the way that I ultimately ended up doing that, I thought it was going to be sports and I thought it was going to be acting. And it just ended up basically being marketing and sales. <laughs> so I love business. I, I'm very competitive with that. I've had a awesome career, worked for some amazing companies. And now I write books. I write books about business. I've written four books and the most recent book is called The Conversion Code. It is used at schools like Johns Hopkins and NYU to basically teach people how to do marketing. I would call it the right and modern way to do it in a way where you're not chasing people and annoying them as opposed to doing it the way I like to try to do it, which is where you're attracting people and uh, they kind of close themselves. You don't have to really give them a big sales pitch. So yeah, that's me in a nutshell. Oh, Chris, I think you're being far too modest. You, you're far from normal. And from what I can see, you've, you've done some fantastic things. And I'm really happy to have you on here. And I'm super excited to be talking about your book. But before we do get into that, I do want to know, like, can you share with our listeners what Curator is and how it works, please? Sure. Yeah. Curator is my company that I started because I was you know, working in the real estate industry. I was working for companies like Zillow, Dotloop. Realtor.com, you know, Quicken Loans, Rocket Mortgage, some of these big real estate tech companies. And part of my job was to be a speaker and a, and a presenter and a, kind of a trainer. And every time I did it, there would be, you know, a line of maybe 10, 15 people. And they would all come over and try to hire me to just do what I had taught them. So they were learning about social media and I would do a class and they would be fired up with nowhere to go because they would have nobody on their team that knew what to do. They didn't have time, you know, but they had money. Typically the people that would line up were the ones that were the richest, you know, the most successful. And they just wanted to hire me. And I wasn't allowed to say yes, because I had a great job and a very ethical and moral person. And so I just kept saying no and no and no. And eventually it was kind of like, if somebody says your kids, you know, cued a million times, you finally believe them. And so I just decided that, it was a sign. It wasn't an accident. You know, the universe was literally saying, start a company that does that. And so I did. And it blew up right away. And we made the ink list and very gratifying company. We do basically advanced marketing and advertising. We set appointments with internet leads for real estate agents so that they can focus on the conversation with the lead versus capturing the lead and following up with the lead and hoping the lead answers and hoping the lead can talk right now. And that's a tricky thing for a realtor to do that's busy. 
So we basically do their marketing and their follow-up and they get the lead from us when it's on their calendar and it's been vetted and, and it's legit and they actually want to talk to somebody, which is not the case with most leads. Awesome. Well, it really does sound like it's anything but an accident because I mean, it sounds like you're adding genuine real value for those that you're working with. And I'd be really curious to know, like, do you have any case studies of how your clients or those that you've worked with have been positively impacted by your services? Sure. I mean, I like to take credit, but I think people take too much credit for other people's success. I think people are typically successful because of them, not because of their coach or, you know, their website, you know, something like that. But I do think that people that are open-minded, that are innovative, that are forward thinking, that are looking for a competitive advantage and they love it and it's their passion and, you know, they love to compete, you know, those types of folks, they are the kind of people that we attract. And so when you attract people that are by nature looking to double or triple or quadruple their business, it, it just makes it easier for us as the vendor to help them do that. The number one factor in whether a client has success with curator or not is the client. It's not curator. And it's not even the client's skills. It's the client's mindset and goals. And so when they come on board and say, Chris, I'm going to triple my business. I just don't know how to get there. We, in most cases, can help someone triple, quadruple their business. Now, is it because we're ninjas? That's a little bit of it. But it's more so because of the moment in time that we're experiencing. Because right now, we're in an internet, digital, social revolution. It is a people revolution. There's like an electrical grid around the whole world that's people. So we're all connected, we're all digital, we've got AI, we've got social, we've got mobile, we've got bandwidth, we've got Starlink, right? And it's just kind of like, okay, well, now everybody has that, you know? And, and now that doesn't make anything different anymore. So I think that when, when people think about helping their clients succeed, you probably shouldn't get so case study-y, but of course you wanna have some case studies. Because the reality is that everybody's path to tripling, quadrupling is different. The average curator client triples their business in the first two years. But I can't say for sure that they wouldn't have without us. Does that make sense? I, I feel like we're the only ones that are like willing to say it out loud. But, you know, I yeah, think that that sense. the reality would be if we bring on a client that triples their business in the first year, they probably would have doubled. And, and then adding us is like a, adding like an Iron Man suit. So that helped them triple it. I don't think that we should ever think that we're the reason they tripled it because we're not even the reason they got what they tripled. I get that. And as a Marvel nerd myself, I do love the fact that you use the, the Iron Man analogy there. I also have to say that in this kind of environment, which I'm so used to seeing where there's like marketing and sales and people Boasting about how they can achieve these things, I often find that it's it's so entrenched with like a sense of ego or aggression. But speaking with you is so wonderful because I get the sensation from you that you're very zen, you're very chill, you're very relaxed. It's very refreshing to have this kind of outlook when it comes to this sort of thing, personally. Well, it took me a long time to get there, so I don't want to act like I woke up like this. But Gary V is right. You know, if you can figure out a way to do what you love, it's going to be way more valuable than figuring out a way to make some superfluous amount of money that you have been told growing up was sort of successful. Because at least most of the people that I meet that hit the number they thought was going to be the one that made them happy, it just keeps moving. I know that's been the case for me. You know, I wanted 
make a hundred thousand a year. I want to make a quarter million or I want to make a million or I want to have this much net worth. And those milestones I think are good so that you understand you have more to give, but I, I don't think they should necessarily define people's success. Uh, you know, for me personally, if I could, if I love to write or if I love to take pictures, I just think life is better when you're doing what you truly enjoy. I just happen to be lucky that what I truly enjoy is a highly valued skill. But I didn't choose that. I didn't like set out like, okay, what can I learn so that I'll make the most? <laughs> you know, like I never, I never had that meeting with myself. I just followed where I knew my life was meant to go. And now it's like, oh crap, I got a lot of money. And then <laughs> once you have money, Sam, that is when things really kick in because then you can truly come from contribution. Mm -hmm. And as we've seen countless times over hundreds of years, money typically evil, either turns someone evil or better, right? They either get gooder or eviler. And it's just so clear to me who's who. So now, because I don't need anybody's help, I don't need to work with anyone. Because of that, I'm only working with the right people. And I love every project that I'm working on. And yeah, it, do, it does take a little bit of a level of financial freedom to have that mindset, but not really. I mean, you can kind of have that mindset even before you've made it. It's probably the best time to have it. But it, it is tricky to sort of untrain yourself that the goals in business are financial. I, I understand that that's an odd approach that I take. <laughs> Well, I'm glad it's worked out for you and I'm glad you have arrived at this place in your life and your your energy is very infectious. I can feel it. Even through the mic, I feel um the I'm in the Columbia with you, Sam. I'm down there <laughs> with you, my friend. I'm right in the next room. To you know, I the people it's so I appreciate you saying these things really nice because the people that I admire, like Rick Rubin. I don't, I don't know if you ever heard of Rick Rubin. Yeah. He, he's yeah. such a smart guy. He just came out with a new book. It's called The Creative Way. You know, Deepak Chopra ha has a new book called Meta human. These are really, really smart people. That's what I said. I'm not anyone special. Like I, I'm just not an intellectual and I'm, I'm okay with that. You know, I know that uh, my son, as an example, is really, really smart by the sort of world's definition of being smart. And so, you know, when I find somebody that I think is brilliant, uh, I just sort of hang on their every word. I, I just think maybe people are a little bit too quick to define someone as brilliant. And so the Yodas are the ones to look for, for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes absolute sense. And obviously you touched on books there and that's one of the reasons that we've got you on the show today. Uh, we were, I want to get into a, a little bit more about the conversion code, your book. Can you share where the inspiration came from to create this book? Yeah, it actually came from my clients. You know, I was working with Curator and they had all sort of hired me and, you know, they had us do social media for them and they had us do, you know, marketing for them. And it works, right? And when you start doing that, now you have a new problem, which is what do I do with all these leads? They're not answering the phone. They hang up on me. They tell me to go screw myself. It was a new paradigm for our industry to have to get on a phone with a stranger because, you know, the real estate industry for decades was repeat and referral business. It was networking. Like you literally would get the most listings if you went to the most parties, right? So that was a really fun time. And the reason it was able to be that way is because they had a monopoly on the data. So the data in real estate was actually in a book that you could only get if you were a realtor and you would lock it at your desk every night. 
And so if anybody wanted to know about any of the listings, they'd have to come to you, sit right there at your desk and you'd have to pull it out for them. And then of course it would change all the time, right? Change every single week. So the realtors had the data, they had the leverage. And then what happened with, you know, the internet and with sort of the modern world we're in is that, you know, Zillow, quite frankly, took a hammer and shattered that monopoly and they freed that data, if you will. And that data became available to all of us. Mm -hmm. And so the biggest challenge, and this is probably similar for all other industries too. I don't, I don't think real estate's unique to sort of having to adapt in a big way because of data and the internet. But um, in real estate, you know, that was their unique value proposition. That was their leverage and their leverage had been taken from them. And they've been scrambling ever since Sam to figure out a new value proposition. And what they realized through all of this innovation is that their value proposition is just to be the most awesome human being they can be and to just keep their feet on the ground and focus on the client in front of them and help them navigate their challenge. Because it is a tough thing. Like I, I went into chat GPT the other day and I said, will there still be real estate agents in 2040? And ironically, the AI said there will be because it's gonna always be a little complex. Everybody's situation is a little different, you know? And it's such a large transaction. You can go sell shoes or trading cards, you know, on eBay or Facebook Marketplace, but most people only have three to five homes in their whole life. And it is also most people's largest financial asset. And it's the number one way people get into the middle class. It's just a really important thing to help somebody with. So mm -hmm. when you, when you meet the realtors that are amazing, like th they have a little bit of Yoda in them too, you know, for their clients. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you've got me curious, actually, I'm thinking after this call, I'm going to have to go and ask chat GPT, if there's going to be podcast <laughs> hosts in 2040. I, I'll I reckon... tell you what it's going to say. It's going to say there's going to be a lot less. Yeah, right I know <laughs> that. I realize I, I have to uh, make the most of these days while they count <laughs> before AI takes over. But uh, otherwise, yeah, it's a really interesting space to be in. I love operating in this space, uh, looking at psychology, technology, because certainly it's interesting how innovation mixed with technology can completely disrupt an industry almost overnight. And you kind of mentioned that there. So it, it really is like fascinating. And this is something that we, we haven't really looked into this kind of industry before, like reality or, or anything like that. It's not a heavy thing that we've looked at the show. So it's cool to chat with you about this. And obviously I would encourage all of our listeners to go away and check out your book. But would you be able to share with us some cool insights now that might interest our listeners or give them a taste of what they can expect from the book? Sure, no problem. Yeah, I would say some of the things that people, when they learn, they sort of opens their eyes a little bit. Uh, part of it is the, the privacy stuff. So if you think about, you know, how many spam emails we get, robocalls, we're inundated with, with marketing and messaging that we you know, or trying to tune out, you know, it's called banner blindness, right? On the internet, you just, you just don't even see the banners anymore. And so the technology companies like Google and Apple and Facebook, as well as the, basically the phone providers have said, you know, people are pissed. So they're starting to put these like laws and, and sort of call it rules in place that disallow these annoying tactics. So as an example, if you go to a website, Sam, I'm sure you've seen this probably multiple times today, you know, it says that, you know, do you want to accept cookies, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and 
that kind of like ruined the whole internet. <laughs> it's like, what the heck? Why do we have to do that? It's so stupid. But I understand why. And same thing with uh, Apple. You know, Apple is really, and I think this probably started when Steve Jobs was obviously the visionary behind the company, but they have been truly committed to privacy out of the gates. And privacy nowadays means letting people know that use the app on their phone that they're tracking you. Not even just on the websites now, the, the phones will pop up and say, do you want to allow tracking? Even now, this is a new one, Sam, the email client. So if you have Apple Mail and you get an email from somebody like me that you're on my email list, uh, it's going to pop up and it's going to say, hey, do you want Chris to know if you opened or clicked this email or not? And I don't know if I can give you the specific numbers, but you can imagine most people say no to all these questions. Cookies, no. Track me, no. No, if I open my email, no. So we're just kind of at this point where all of this spam has to kind of cleanse itself of multiple decades of being acceptable. And it, it just takes time. So I'd say that would be a big trend to be looking at is what are the things that are going away? Like when you call someone and uh, they're not expecting your call and you got their number from some you know list that you bought or something. Well, now it says spam, like on the phone. <laughs> you know, it didn't even used to say it's spam on the phone. And wh why does it say that? Well, because people tried to trick people into calling them using their own area code. I had one time that I called myself. I'm literally standing here and I got my phone in my hand and it's ringing and it's me calling Sam because they're using That's these creepy. advanced technologies to hack into phone numbers that are sort of likely to get answered. Mm -hmm. and, and I don't know if the algorithm just malfunctions every now and then, but I have gotten calls for myself. And so for every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. And mm -hmm. so these idea if you go back a little bit and say okay let's talk about seo well everybody tried to cheat and you know we talk about uh all these sort of opportunities G gary v is so eloquent mm -hmm. when he says marketers ruin everything <laughs> he's completely right you know yeah i'm not gonna miss those cookies at all um the sooner they go on the better by far yeah and um I definitely would recommend everyone to go check that out. And I'm also interested to know, like, obviously you got the book out, but what else are you working on at the moment? And like, what's next? Uh, what have you got in the pipeline? What are you focusing on at the moment for the near future? Yeah, thank you for asking. You know, the book is sort of my, you know, middle of my diagram, right? It's the thing that I'm the most well known for. It's what I put the most time and effort and energy into. And then things kind of spawn from the opportunities that that creates. Right now, my the thing I'm working on that I'm the most excited about is actually called Business Legends. And it's a collectibles company. So kind of like Tops or kind of like Fanatics, you know, these companies that have collectibles and trading cards for athletes. Uh, I'm starting a business that is basically, we believe that the entrepreneur is the new athlete and the, the business person is the new rock star. And if you think about you know, whether it's Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos or even people like myself in, in a very small way, you know, we have rabid fans that cry when they meet us too. We have people that want our autographs too. I take selfies with a shitload of people, you know? <laughs> so the, the idea for business legends is people already idolize these business people. What was able to happen when they idolized 
movie stars and, and athletes, you know, and you look at the 80s and 90s, Jordan is obviously the prime example of what can be built off the back of a brand of an athlete. So nowadays, we just think that uh, there should be like a Elon Musk rookie card, like a trading card. There should be, um, as an example, you should be able to like attend an auction and you should be able to bid on the sign that was hanging in Jeff Bezos's first office that he spray painted amazon.com on it's a very iconic picture so we believe that there's going to be a huge marketplace for business collectibles and we want to be the number one brand in that space that's awesome i think that's like a really ambitious kind of like project i love the fact that you're working on this because i think you're absolutely right there's definitely a cultural shift of like glamorizing these these entrepreneurs and business folks and I'm really excited to see where this this goes, whether these like, uh, yeah, how this business legends comes out and what you're doing. And if other people who are listening to this, if our listeners want to keep up with the work that you're doing, how can they do that? And um, where are you most active? Sure. I'm, I'm by far the most active on Instagram. I check it every other minute. It's, uh, Chris underscore SMTH. Uh, now I'm joking because half the time my phone's off and I'm writing, but that is where I love to spend my time. You know, that's where I like to look at my friends' stories and my kids are there and my fans are there. My wife is there. And so it's an eclectic bunch. Uh, and so Instagram for me, Chris underscore S-M-T-H, no I and Smith. And then for the people listening that are in marketing and sales, which I know is not everyone listening, but if you are in marketing and sales, you should subscribe to my email newsletter, which is called The Chris List. It goes out every Tuesday at two, and it is the best and most interesting marketing and sales advice I can find every week. And none of it is mine. It's, it's, it's just, I am super picky when I do my research for my books. And so I just started, I started exposing my research to my fans each week through a newsletter. And I probably read maybe two to 300 articles and there's only five that I highlight. So uh, I just look at it as, you know, my job is to go do that work because so many people can't and I'm just lucky to get to do it. So, yeah, the Chris list is a great email newsletter every Tuesday at two and then Instagram. Anybody that wants to hit me up. And the last thing I would just add is the conversion code and people work and the books that I've written. I write them for most people on purpose, like they're not for realtors. I just wanted to put that out there. My audience you know, I've been blessed that it's grown, you know, well beyond just real estate agents. And so if you were to buy people work or for you to get the conversion code, I, I don't want you to think you're getting like a real estate agent book. These are books for people that want to run a better business. That, that's who they're for. Fantastic. Well, we're going to include uh, links in the show notes for all of these. So if you want to check it out, uh, if anyone's listening, they want to check them out, you can find them there. I want to say thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a real delight chatting to you. And it's wonderful to to hear that you're doing so well and that you're giving so much out to the world and that you're in a, a really good place. Thanks, Sam. Thanks for saying that. Appreciate having me on. No worries. My pleasure. Growing a company has many hurdles, from securing funding to expanding your business capabilities to ranking better on search. Each business challenge is uniquely complex. The solution to these challenges is growth-focused digital PR and marketing, and that is where our sponsor, Publicize, comes in. 
Publicize sets itself apart from traditional PR companies. It does not charge large retainers or churns out press releases whether you've got a newsworthy announcement or not. Publicize builds businesses' online presence and gets high-quality PR and media coverage for startups and entrepreneurs who are priced out of a broken PR industry. What's more, listeners of Brainspike Back can find the tools and resources they need to overcome common hurdles that many startups face when trying to generate long-term growth by visiting publicize.co slash bbb. That's publicize.co slash bbb. That is it for today's episode. Thank you for joining us. I hope you've learned something. And if you have benefited from today's episode, please consider leaving us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast as these reviews really help us grow the show. You can also follow us wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. Just search Brainspike back and you will find us. We hope you join us for more episodes in the future. And until then, take care. Disclosure. This episode contained a client and a Spacio portfolio company.